The world is currently on fire, but every four years, everyone comes together and is as cool as ice. Let's relive some of our favorite Winter Olympics memories and all come out champions. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's way back attack time. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across the ice rink is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to get the gold once again? <laughs> I'm ready to skate my way to victory, and I'm a little disappointed it wasn't the ice rink of destiny, which... I almost it, said it. it. You I was really so did. close. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to be here with you regardless. Um, coming out of the coldest month of the year, right? February. Oh yeah. But it feels like we're already in spring. I know it got it. Like the other day it was like 80 degrees outside. Yeah, it was crazy. ridiculous. It's crazy, but I'm ready for this month to be over. It's been a pretty crap, crap month. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, it, so many things this month have happened both to me personally and just to the world in general. Yes. It, it's, it's just like everything is coming to an end. Actually, it's, it's funny that we say this is all coming to an end. Did you see that Pat, his name is Pat Robertson, the preacher, the t- okay. TV evangelist? Yeah. Did you see he came out of retirement? No. He did. He came out of retirement to talk about how God is leading Putin to start the end of days. Oh. So. <laughs> okay. Well, well then. Happy Wayback Attack show, everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Winter Olympics, which, if I'm not mistaken, it has ended now, right? Uh. I assume so. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we're really we're really up on the Winter Olympics. No, I, I, you know, in all honesty, I feel like the Winter Olympics are like the lesser cousin to the Summer Olympics. Uh-huh. The Summer Olympics is the big deal, but yeah. you know, you can't overshadow some of these winter athletes, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. What you been up to? Well, to go along with what I was talking about, February being a bad month for me, um, I was driving to work the other day, and I was behind this like pickup truck that had like a trailer that he was towing behind him. And I don't know if it was a rock or a, just a big piece of metal. It was big though, uh-huh. and like it was so big that I physically dodged my body because <laughs> it fell off the back, bounced off the ground, it hit my windshield. And luckily it didn't break it very bad. Like it, it, it cracked it. Um, and it's kind of crazy cause I already had like a small chip in the same area mm-hmm. from like another rock hitting it, but it was like a small pebble. Whereas this like cracked the, the yeah. window. Oh yeah. And, um, but you know, the, it didn't really spread out while I was driving because I've seen that happen before where the windshield gets hit by something. But then as, as you're driving, like the crack mm-hmm. is getting bigger and that didn't happen. I was on my way to work and I was like, well, at least it didn't spread. And it's been like that for probably two weeks now. And this morning, you know, you talk about it being a cold month. I had frost on my windshield and I guess the frost, like the water getting in that crack and freezing yeah. made it spread across my whole windshield. Just the temperature change. Oh my gosh. Oh dude, that stinks. You're gonna have to get the whole windshield replaced. I know. You know, apparently it's illegal to have it like that. So I definitely have to get that done. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that stinks. Um, things have been okay for me. I've gotten to go to a cool toy swap meet. Nice. I just got back from Tantrum Con, which is a board game event in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was exhibiting for the Southern Pride Gaming Expo, which is right around the corner in July. So put that on your calendars. Is that Tantrum the Brewing? 
No, it's a Tantrum House, which is like a collective of YouTube board gamers. Okay. And they started their own convention, which has grown in popularity. That's cool. So mm. got to play a whole bunch of new games and some some old classics too. But um, I won most of them. So, of course, it was a great time for me. Nice. You're very good at board games. <laughs> I like the strategy. No, I'm not great, but I, I have a good time. Yeah. What was the one that we played at... Um... Uh, Dragon Con with the spy stuff. Do you remember? Uh, Tale of Spies, something like that. It was a very short-lived game that didn't have much popularity, but I thought it was really, really fun. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And um, but one of my favorite games I feel bad playing now, which is Pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I feel like this is not really appropriate to be having fun around anymore. But yeah. yeah. The only re- the only time I played that game was I think I played it over at your house and we won we won a round and yeah so uh, i that i was like all right i'm calling it quits now <laughs> going out on top <laughs> well transitioning to the topic at hand speaking mm-hmm. of games mm-hmm. the olympic games are always in the summer and the winter and this past year because of the twist and turn of events we actually had summer coverage uh-huh. and now we're having winter coverage winter olympics just happened and um i'm curious did you check out any of this year's winter olympics i did not no uh, i saw I, you know i would see things here and there like like i didn't sit down and watch anything i i watch a lot of like winter olympics side stuff right so like uh i like i think curling is really cool i like all i like games that are like that like bocce and stuff like that uh-huh. where it's it's all the same concept right and i watched a um a thing on youtube the other day where it was like somebody like just some random guy like learning what curling is and how to play it and then having the u.s olympic team like play with him and like teach him uh-huh. and i thought that was really cool because there's like there's a lot of strategy that goes into it that you just don't think of like when you watch them do it it's like oh they're just trying to get the thing in the center you know uh-huh. but um it's it, that was really neat and then you know you i stay you know with social media, I kind of stay afloat with how it's metal standings are going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of curling, I did see, I think that it was this year's Olympics, where someone had a true rare event where they actually tied. Like oh, they got mm-hmm. out the laser uh-huh. measurement and everything, and it was precisely exact uh, tie. Mm-hmm. I forget how they scored it, but it was pretty – it's a rare event, so it was noteworthy. Yeah. But no, I – like you, it's in my periphery. It's, I see it on social media. Um, but I wasn't keeping up with the medal count. I really feel like the Olympics being right on top of each other, the mm-hmm. summer and the winter, really diluted my <laughs> my appreciation for the winter, mm-hmm. uh, for the Olympics and like keeping up with who's winning and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, my wife is still a big fan of the figure skating. Right. So she watched some of the figure skating and stuff with my kids. Um, but... The only thing I watched was I watched and kept up with Sean White's uh-huh. snowboarding run because this is going to be or was his last Olympics. Wow. And uh, the end of an era. The true end of an era. The what is flying tomato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he came so close, but but didn't didn't get it. But it was really heartwarming to see his final run and, mm. you know, his competitors greeting him at the bottom there and the emotions running strong and how just, you know, he did a whole lot for the sport and it's like you said, an end of an era. Yeah. You know, Sean White's cool. He's, I think he's the only person that I can think of that has both a snowboarding video game and a skateboarding video game. Oh, so right. 
yeah, he um, is not quite as known for his skateboarding prowess, but he's also a skater. So. Well, you know, the original skateboarders were using skateboarding as a way to do surfing. Right. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of surfers and skateboarders at first. Mm-hmm. Now you got a lot of skateboarders and snowboarders. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, the Winter Games, you're talking about how they're on top of each other this year because yeah. they wound up pushing back the Summer right. Olympics to, to this year. Um, you know, they used to do both the summer and winter Olympic games in the same year. Right. And then, and then what was it in the sixties? I think they, they broke it apart to where they didn't want them happening in the same time or the same year. And so then they started doing one. I think it, I thought it was newer than that. Okay. Maybe in the eighties. I, I, I know I was reading up on it and I know, I know it was sometime fairly recent, but look guys, we have a general idea <laughs> of what we're talking about. We may be right. We may not be right, but Hey, who knows? Who cares? We're going to be here to have fun. Yeah, that's right. That's all the, Hey, as long as you tried your best and had fun, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. We're part of it. <laughs> there you go. We're winners too, Preston. Yeah. We get participation trophies here at Wayback Tech. Um, so I think you were telling me earlier uh, a memory you had of Sean White. Oh yes. You know, it's probably my favorite memory of the winter Olympics. Um, you know, Sean White was 19. It's unfortunately, it does not go back as far as most of our stuff does. I think it was 2006, uh, winter Olympic games, but yeah, here, take a look. Were you showing people on the airplane? Were people asking to see it? Or yeah, like um, what happened was the funniest thing is is the stewardess had all seen the the games and and they were just so excited to see me. And they're like, you have the gold, and and I mean, I had like, I had unlimited like service after that. I was getting drinks and I was getting <laughs> snacks, and I mean, I was taking photos in the back with all the all the stewardesses. Wait a minute, drinks? You're 19 years old. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. Uh- <laughs> all right. <laughs> He called me baby. He <laughs> called me baby. Okay. That was that was crazy. I uh, I had not seen that clip, but I don't know how I didn't see that clip. That's so iconic. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> wow. To be how old do you think he was at the time? He's 19? He was 19. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be 19 and have that presence mm-hmm. on camera. I mean. And that charisma, that's that's wild. No wonder he's a beloved icon, but, you know, he got there on his talents. So. Yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, it's sad to see him go. Um, sad that he didn't have, like, the same outing that someone like Michael Phelps has on their on their last year or whatever. But, uh, you know, hey, end of an era. Uh, of one other small Sean White story I'll tell, I saw on uh, – I saw him give an interview about him cutting his hair because I don't know if you've seen, but he has, like, a – uh, 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 you know, he used to have those flowing locks uh-huh. of, of red hair, mm-hmm. and now it's very trimmed and styled. And people are like, "Well, oh, you cut your signature look." And he says, "Well, I'll tell you, I had the opportunity a few years ago to meet Carrot Top in <laughs> Vegas, and he looked at me and said, "You still have time to get rid of your hair. I'm stuck like this for the rest of my life." So, yeah, you gotta you gotta know when to rebrand. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other favorite memories bef- uh, of uh, the actual Winter Olympics before we get into the pop culture memories? You know, it not, not nothing that really stands out. You know, when I was a kid, it was mainly just figure skating, bobsledding, 
Um, I never really watched hockey stuff. Like I've seen, like I've watched real hockey in real life, but I've never, I never really watched it at the Olympics. So it was mainly just figure skating. Cause I think there's just so much figure skating at the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, cause you have singles and doubles and different types of figure skating. Speed skating's pretty cool, but yeah, I don't know. Nothing that really stands out. Well, before we get into like our pop culture picks, um, one thing that I, I don't remember it cause I was only just born, but, um, one of the very first documentaries that I saw that I really loved and remembered was the Do You Believe in Miracles documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, which was the, you know, the U.S. against the Soviet Union mm-hmm. and in Lake Placid. And it was just a... Uh, really iconic have you seen that documentary or seen the movie miracle no on I, Disney? I know of miracle but okay. i've never seen the documentary all right well so that was my pitch to you if you don't know the story or if you've only seen the disney movie you should really seek out the documentary it was on hbo um and so you can find it probably there uh do you believe in miracles it's a really really good documentary mm-hmm. and uh especially at this point in time with you know whatever but uh i, th- I didn't want to put, include that because it's just straight up straight up um you know sports history mm-hmm. but we'll get into our favorite pop culture picks with this century he's down and out those are figure skates pal a year from now you're gonna be in a snoopy costume and a nice capades she's on her own who the hell do you think you are hey snow white relax i'm no figure skater i'm a hockey player don't quit your day job now there's only one thing keeping them from winning the gold would you please put me down each other the cutting edge rated pg All right, Preston, the cutting edge. Is that not one of the best Olympic adjacent movies you've ever seen in your life? Well, seeing as how there are (laughs) not that many Olympic adjacent movies, Mm -hmm. I would definitely say yes. But in all sincerity, I have seen that movie multiple times because Mm -hmm. it's just a really good movie. It hits the sweet spot of being like funny and inspirational and like plausible enough Uh where you're like, yes. And and, and like – the the chemistry uh, between DB Sweeney and Mariah Kelly, Moira 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 Kelly, um, I think is very good. Like oh, they're yeah. very good together. And it's funny because when I was a kid, I always thought that DB Sweeney was, um, oh gosh, what was this Jed Apatow's guy um, that never ages? Hey, look at us. What? Uh, oh, Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. I used to think that they were the same person. When I, was, I when thought I was you were going to say you got D.B. Sweeney and D.B. Cooper mixed up. <laughs> Who's D.B. Cooper? He's the, you don't know who that is? Uh-uh. He's the famous guy who hijacked a plane and jumped out and they can't find the money. <laughs> no. What you don't know this? this? Uh-uh. Oh, my God. Well, okay, there's a rabbit hole for you guys to go down. <laughs> I thought that was McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but no, this movie, uh, I watched it. As a kid, I watched mm-hmm. it with my wife. I've shown it to my kids. Um, but the uh, do you? How did you first see it? I feel like I probably saw it in theater. Yeah. Um, but I know for sure I have seen it multiple times on probably school trips. Uh-huh. I remember being in the bus and them playing it like on on uh, on like the TV in the bus or whatever. Yeah. So. I feel like the early '90s was a really big time for family-friendly, quasi-inspirational sports movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had, you know, Sandlot and Little Giants. Mighty Ducks. Necessary Roughness Mm -hmm. and just 
yeah, Mighty Ducks. And this just fit in there. And it was, you know, it's one of these movies that I feel like they don't make enough of anymore, which is just like, you know, a solid B. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's not going to win any awards. It's just really well made and really entertaining. Like, if you made this now, it'd probably be like a Netflix movie. Mm -hmm. But as good as some Netflix movies are, I don't feel like this type of movie would be as highly produced as this one was yeah and cinematic you know i think i think also you run into where a lot of um a lot of rom-coms that are sports related like i couldn't even think of the last like rom-coms in general have taken Mm -hmm. such a dive and i feel like like you said streaming stuff is probably the only place you really see that stuff nowadays but it's probably like a missed opportunity i think hallmark channel needs to get in on it yeah well so for folks who didn't ring a bell with the the trailer clip give us a little synopsis of the movie a little rundown all right so mora is um a very pretentious and snobby figure skater who is babied by her dad and so because of that it's hard for her to deal with anybody because it has to be her way or the highway Mm -hmm. and um i think it's at the olympics she her partner drops her and so they wind up not winning or whatever. It may it may not be the Olympics. It may have been like just at the World Figure Skating Championships or whatever. And so she fires him and then um oh no, I think it was the Olympics because then DB uh, is a hockey player uh-huh. and he gets hit so bad that he gets brain damage and it messes up his peripheral vision. And so he can't play hockey anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the coach is having a real hard time. The ice, the figure skating coach is having a really hard time finding a partner for her. And so what better way to do it than this down and out hockey player uh-huh. to come in and, you know, he, he deals with tough people all the time. And so maybe they can work together to figure it out. Spoiler alert. They do. <laughs> Topic. <laughs> Topic. Oh, that was so great. And uh, Terry O'Quinn plays the dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in Lost and a whole bunch of other things. He was so great as kind of a, a jerk. And then D.B. Sweeney, he had a he had a moment there in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was in everything. But most notably, uh, a nightmare of my childhood, Fire in the Sky. Oh, he my God. He played the main character. That was another film that we watched on the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had some weird bus trips. Hey, we were all about needles and eyes and toe picks. So what can I say? Um, yeah. So Cutting Edge, apparently it had like sequels. It was good enough for sequels, but <laughs> not I only, did not see any of these sequels. Uh, neither, I have never seen these sequels either, but it's crazy. So the original movie takes place in 1992, right? Because mm-hmm. that's when the movie came out. Well, in the first sequel, The Cutting Edge, Going for Gold from 2006, they moved the original story back um, so that their kid would be taking place, would, would be the right age for that time period. Oh, I see. And so, so the movie... I don't know, like, after that, it gets kind of crazy. They just retcon the timeline yeah. a little bit. And then, you know, so you had... It's, it's also weird that how long it took for... 2006 was the next movie, and then it was like 2006, 2008, 2010. So they started churning them out at uh-huh. that point, and it's like, I've never even heard of these sequels. <laughs> how did they put them out so fast? But you had The Cutting Edge, Going for Gold in 2006, Cutting Edge, Chasing the Dream in 2008, and The Cutting Edge, Fire and Ice in 2010. They mainly all had different casts. Um, but yeah, they moved the original movie from 1992 to the 1984 Winter Olympics, so their daughter could be 21 in the oh, sequel. Oh, yeah. So, 
Well, you know, with with nostalgia and uh, legacy properties being the name of the game these days, I wouldn't be surprised if you see another one. Oh, man. You know, especially after this Winter Olympics, maybe something crazy happened that we're unaware of. And so people are like, this this is ripe for the picking. <laughs> or maybe enough time has passed where we'll get like a Will Ferrell, uh, John Heater, mm-hmm. Blades of steel no blades of glory yes Bla- blades of was- steel was the nes game I yeah think. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll get a part two of that <laughs> hey maybe we'll get a part two of blades of steel <laughs> that was a good game not as good as, as ice hockey but all right we'll start off strong with the cutting edge a great olympic movie mm-hmm. 85 meters and as i look at the start list eddie edwards will be next the darling of the media and the fans there he is What's yep. going through his mind right now, Jeff? I know he's nervous. I, I had a chance to talk to him earlier, and uh, this is, of course, his first Olympics. But it's interesting. Eddie wants to be skiing right through 1994. Uh, there he is. He, he's a marketing genius is what he is. He's got the fans on his side. And All right. That's not a wrong graphic. He was christened Michael, he told me a day before yesterday, but he likes Eddie Edwards. It's more saleable. So... Yeah. Michael David Edwards, better known as Eddie the Eagle. Now, Eddie the Eagle was not someone I remembered mm-hmm. growing up, um, but I became infa- became infatuated with him after seeing the new movie that came out only a few years ago called of the same name, Eddie the Eagle, okay. starring Taron Edgerton, you know, who played... Uh, he would go on to play Elton John and then in Rocket oh, Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Jackman okay. as the the coach. But anyway, it's a true story. Eddie the Eagle was a 1988 Olympian for uh, Great Britain, mm-hmm. and he was iconic because he wore these hugely thick spectacles. Uh huh. Um, I mean, like Coke bottle glasses. And he was like, the, he was a plasterer, and he lived in an insane asylum to to save on rent. Wow, um, just a very bootstrapping kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to be an Olympian. He worked hard, and he came in dead last. Okay, I was gonna say, what do you think made him so good? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was a media darling for his kind of hard scrabble approach and. And being a, a massive underdog, uh-huh. but um, was very no had a lot of notoriety in the '88 Olympics that he has since um, used to his advantage. But anyway, so in the 1988 Olympics, he competed in the ski jump, and he finished 58 out of 58. But because there were so few British ski jumpers in the uh-huh. past, he actually uh, hold, uh, was the record holder for Great Britain, and he held the record of great longest uh, ski jump in Great Britain until 2001. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So his jump was 71 meters, which is 233 feet. And it's still, in British history, Mm -hmm. uh, is still sixth highest for all Britons. But just for comparison, remember his was 71 meters, 233 feet. The first current record holder in Great Britain is Sam Bolton with 134 meters or 441 feet so almost double in length how (laughs) why do you think it's hard for for great britain to have great great long jumper or not long jumpers 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know Ski the jumpers. topography of Great Britain very well, but it's perhaps that they don't have like large mountain ranges with which they can natively practice. So, I, so originally I was going to say, how do you think he got picked for their Olympic team based off of his history and the fact that he came in dead last? But I mean, I guess if he was the best in Great Britain, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> they uh, actually did make a rule following the Olympics to, no make more it, Brits. to make it less likely for someone like Eddie to be an Olympian. I think they made it more stringent to qualify. Mm. I think it was really kind of the fact that he was Great Britain's only right. you know, ski jumper mm-hmm. that he made it. Um, but yeah, it's funny thinking back about him. It reminded me of Elizabeth Swanee. Does that name ring a bell to you? Not kind of, not really. So, 2018 Winter Olympics, mm-hmm. there was a, uh, a ski jumper, not a ski jumper, uh, a skier in the half pipe event yeah. that uh, was very basic in a lot of people's <laughs> minds. Uh-huh. And she, they tried to make a rule following her because it was similar to Eddie Edwards uh, where she did like the bare minimum. And if you look at the video of her, and I think we have a copy of it, uh, you can see her just do the bare minimum to clear the half pipe and then go back down and do just a little bit. And she gets like one foot of air <laughs> uh-huh. while all of her competitors are doing like these flips and tricks and landing these incredible things. But she qualified because she would go to um, competitions where that had few people. So she would meet the qualifications of finishing in the top 30, mm-hmm. even though she would finish 15th out of 15 mm. and was technically okay she just wouldn't fall down but hey i appreciate the go-get spirit of saying <laughs> i want to be an olympian i'm gonna be an olympian like it or not i'm here and she played the game but also with her being technically good i mean that's like uh you know a thing in boxing right like mayweather is technically good at boxing but like he never he's very flashy and flamboyant but then in the bo- in the boxing ring his fights are very boring because he is a technical boxer uh-huh. and he only wins on points you yeah know? so maybe that's what she was going for just maybe trying maybe. to get that payday well uh eddie has uh you know he he's in the record books he's truly an olympian he made a return appearance um but he's also been on um Carson and he's been in commercials and then most recently um, well not most recently but in recent memory in 2013 he was a contestant on a British uh, reality show Uh wherein they got uh, professional high divers now he was still really young at the time but Tom Daly who was a media darling during the summer Olympics uh, as a high diver Mm -hmm. for Britain he trained an uh eddie edwards in synchronized high dive and so there's a video um of him doing a synchronized high dive with tom daly huh <laughs> uh anyway so that's probably his remember? like career highlight viewer listener do you remember eddie edwards eddie the eagle um we'd love to hear about it but i was fascinated to learn that <laughs> that this existed and uh if you don't know just go check out the movie hugh jackman Taryn Edgerton. Great yeah, stuff. I'm surprised I've never even heard of the movie. You should check it out. I should, because it sounds like a great cast. It's fun. I would like to begin by saying how sorry I am about what happened to Nancy Kerrigan. I am embarrassed and ashamed. 
to think that anyone close to me could be involved. I was disappointed not to have the opportunity to compete against Nancy at nationals. I have a great deal of respect for Nancy. All right, so that last clip is not at all graphic. It's just Tonya Harding talking about what happened to Nancy Kerrigan. Um, so I tried to pick something where it is probably something that you've seen or heard before, uh, but not the my knee, my knee thing, right? Uh-huh. So I think, you know, we talked about um, the hockey movie Miracle, right? Uh-huh. And that was such a big, iconic thing. But man, and you know, that was, I was not alive in 1980, right? That's the year that happened. Uh-huh. So not even part of my life. I think probably the Winter Olympics thing that stands out the most to me in my life is the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding thing. Yeah. The incident. Yes. Yes. I mean, it was everywhere. It was. And for a long time. Because it was yeah. it happened before the Olympics. And then it carried through. The whole story just carried through the Olympics. Yeah. I, you know, I saw this on your list. And I, I'm I'm with you. I pretty much... I mean, I wasn't familiar with any of these uh, figure skaters. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't my bag. Mm-hmm. But because of the media notoriety, I mean, they were everywhere. You could not not know about Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a statistic or something where at one point in time, Tanya Harding was the second most known person in the world behind Bill Clinton. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say behind O.J. Simpson because it was the media circus for both of these incidents. Right. Was it was like... it was the similar hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they just transitioned from one to the other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, figure skating in the 90s, man, you had uh, Katarina Witt and Oksana Bayul mm-hmm. and then Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. It was a fiasco. Now, do you know, do you like it took me going down the rabbit hole for this episode mm-hmm. to remember the specifics. But did you remember like what actually went down? So part of my memory of this whole incident is probably colored by in living color. Cause I think that they used to make fun <laughs> oh, of it occasionally. No. Um, but yeah, I mean for the most part. So um, I, I will say, you know, I did research on this, but this part is all from memory. Right. So I remembered, I remembered the video of Tanya Harding talking about her knee and like somebody hit her. Right. And then really like the next thing, like I remembered was like, um, focus was on or Nancy Kerrigan on the ground with the knee, uh-huh. Tanya Harding being the focus, because I don't think at the time that she was suspected by people, but like, because she made it onto the team because of it. Right. Uh-huh. And then I remembered the big bodyguard guy uh-huh. being a part of it. And then in the end, finding out that it was indeed all masterminded by Tanya Harding and her husband, I thought, you know? Yeah. So that, that was like the gist that I recalled from that time period. Um, Okay. So I was not super well-versed in this topic. So for Mm -hmm. homework, I watched the movie, I Tanya, which won an Academy, which won Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, It was, it was all in the hype train for a while there uh, in the award circuit. For very good reason. It's a very good movie. So mm-hmm. highly recommend you should check out I, Tanya. Now, I think it portrays what is supposedly the truth. I don't know. I'll take this with a grain of salt. But 
what happened apparently was someone had intimidated Tanya mm-hmm. and it threw her off her game. So they, so she was like, let's intimidate Nancy. Let's send her some threatening letters. Mm-hmm. And then, so her ex-husband employed his friend and her bodyguard to contact someone else to do it for them Mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't be implicated. Right. But what Tanya Harding and her ex-husband didn't know is that this bodyguard guy was going to go rogue and escalate everything Mm. and get his hired hands to do the dirty work to, you know, hit her in the knee and take her out. Um, So Tanya's only involvement was that she wanted to intimidate Mm -hmm. Nancy but because she was part of the plot in general, it you know it's like kind of like in leadership, like the buck stops right. with, with her. So mm. yeah, she got um, uh, you know she got some fines and she got uh, uh, a suspended sentence and she got uh, kicked out of any sort of competitive skating for mm-hmm. the rest of her life. That's good. I mean, you know, in in like. In organized sports and something that's as competitive as that, you're going to have people that are, you know, going to try to intimidate you and throw you off your game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, we even see that like in pinball tournaments and stuff, right? <laughs> right. So, the, the lowest stakes yeah. possible <laughs> tournaments. But, we see that. But so, like, it's understandable how, like, that kind of stuff would happen. But, like, yeah, yeah it the, ex- the extreme that it went to. Um, you know, I think that some cool stuff did happen out of this, right? So, um you know, because Nancy Kerrigan was was injured and she couldn't compete in the Winter Olympics that year, but the Olympic team said that she should still come. Even though she can't compete, she should be a part of it because she had made the team before it all happened and everything like that, right? And so they actually brought her out there with it, um, with the U.S. figure skating team. Um, the U.S. Figure Skating Association, they supported this move and everything like that, right? So it was like a good a good show of solidarity. Um, and then um, eventually they did compete. Um, and she won a silver medal. Yeah, she won a silver medal. And she won a silver medal behind, you already said her name, but she's like my favorite name. Katarina Vitt? no. Oksana Bayul. Um, Oksana Bayul. It's like a Street Fighter name. Like, <laughs> like it's, I've always loved her name. But yeah, and um, but you know, like, and I think it all turned out, uh, you know, a crazy story. I think the craziest thing about it was that, like you said, it took it was in the media for so long, right? And it took so long for it to resolve itself that this had happened, and she still was on the same team, right? Like mm-hmm. they went to the Olympics together and mm-hmm. competed on the same team with all that history behind them mm-hmm. uh, that talk about awkward. I know. Like <laughs> I couldn't imagine what, what that situation would be like. Yeah. Uh, well, not that Nancy Kerrigan, Nancy Kerrigan deserved no part of this hands down. Yeah. Um, and I know that some will say this is, you know, too apologist, but if you watch I, Tanya, you have a lot more sympathy for Tanya Harding and her situation mm-hmm. um, leading up to that event than, than you did pri- previously. So check it out. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how accurate that is because they do they like so I have not seen the movie but I've seen parts of it and they do like she had a rough go of it, yeah. you know, leading up to it and everything and this was like her thing to like you know, make, yeah. make a name for herself. And, and then stuff. when they took her out of skating competition, she had to resort to what was necessary and she became like a celebrity boxer or something. Yeah. So yeah. 
don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it was definitely a moment in pop culture, yeah. and you could not escape it in the 90s. Mm-hmm. From Walt Disney Pictures, four Jamaicans are determined to become Olympic bobsledders. And who are you? A Jamaican bobsledder. <laughs> now, with a little training, Hold up. and a lot of practice, they might just do the impossible. Go down! Go down! Oh, thanks, coach. I am feeling very Olympic today. Cool Runnings, inspired by the true story. I, I gotta go, you know, hold it, hold it, hold it. Rated PG, a sneak preview this Saturday and Sunday. So we've probably talked about this on the show before. I don't know how deep a dive we went into it, but we can't talk about Winter Olympics memories mm-hmm. without talking about the Disney classic, Cool Runnings. I know, and it's so funny because, you know, you were talking about with... Um, Eddie the Eagle, right? Mm-hmm. That was the same. Um, and how, like, he, you know, he was like a nobody, and and you know they had to change the rules because they were like, we want more like professional people. And then you know, it's it's very similar story, mm-hmm. you know, like like who would think Jamaica would have a bobsledding team? I think this was the same Olympics. I think this was the '88 Olympics mm-hmm. um, where they actually competed. Yeah, 1988 Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the same year as Eddie the Eagle. So <laughs> the yeah. Olympic committee, the committee like, was like, "What are we doing? <laughs> it's pandemonium here. They let anybody in." No, but uh, yeah, the you know again, we have based on true events, but uh, a Disneyfied version uh-huh. of it, uh, movie quality. And this was, I mean, this movie, I, I can't tell you how many times I watched it on mm-hmm. bus trips mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. at school. You pop it in when the teacher was gone. I feel like they also just played it all the time on the Disney Channel. Oh, that's probably true. So. That's probably true. Well, in case somehow this pop culture milestone escaped you, give them a little rundown, Brian. All right. So um, <laughs> you have – I think I gave the rundown last time. I think we very briefly talked about it during the Summer Olympics, and so like I feel weird about talking about it again. But hey, I know we're going to cool do better this time. <laughs> it deserves all the talk it can get. All right. Well, um, you know, sometimes people – uh, they feel like a champion, mm-hmm. and so they know, you know, I got it in my heart, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna work really hard on this and become a champion, and that's kind of what happened. So four people that had never seen snow before decided they want to be bobsledding uh, champions, and so, um, they they get together and start training, and they get a disgraced coach, uh, that is, uh, he's really trying to get back get his name back together and you know what better way to do it than with you know an underdog because everybody loves an underdog story right so um so ultimately john candy is their coach um it was actually john candy's last film too what so was it it was i thought he was in wagons east wagons east i don't know you talk (laughs) i'll look it up because in my research it said this was his last movie maybe i don't know but um yeah so this movie is not entirely factually accurate. So like the character names are a little bit different, um, but really it was four Jamaican bobsledders, you know, coming from a country that has no snow mm-hmm. and competing with an American coach and getting rickety bobsleds mm-hmm. and relying on the generosity of other countries to train and so forth. Mm-hmm. But they all come together to lose. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they'd lose gracefully. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one thing. I don't know. Are you ready to have your bubble burst? I am. So, spoiler alert. You skip ahead. 
30 seconds if you don't hear uh, the end of the movie or what happened in real life. But in the movie, you know, they crash out Mm -hmm. and then they gracefully get up. They shoo away the the helpers Mm -hmm. and then they carry the bobsled Mm -hmm. and walk away. Yep. In reality, they did crash. It was the third out of four attempts. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't their one and only. Right. And they did not carry the bobsled. No, but they did walk alongside of it. They, yeah, they walked. No, well, like there was a group of people. It wasn't like just the four of them in solidarity, like movie photo finish. Oh, yeah, but they walked alongside of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're very forgiving, Brian. I, I, you know what I think is crazy if you think about it is they were going so fast. Um, so they're going 81 miles an hour down down this bobsled when they crashed, and. The um, they talked about how the smell of their fiberglass helmets on the ice because the the helmets slid for two thousand feet before they. Oh stopped. yeah, when you go look it up on YouTube, when you watch their actual like historical footage, mm-hmm. they flip like halfway down mm-hmm. and then they're just sliding. Yep, crashed on their heads. Mm-hmm for the rest of the way it's it's an exceedingly long amount of time yeah it, it is cool because in the movie they use actual footage from the crash but oh, wow. it's like edited to like fit the the story of the movie or whatever but yeah they, they talked about how like you they smelled that for like for wow. months so wow, that's wild um now the movie came out in october of 1993 and it made 154.9 million dollars mm-hmm. it was it's a family movie classic. Everybody yes. saw this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. And you were right. John Candy was on Wagons East, but I think that was filmed before this movie was. Oh, okay. And so that's, this was his last movie he made. Ah, so. uh, okay. Well, he's an icon and helped make this movie great. Um, so this one, I think you can watch it for free on, well, on Disney plus. I think they, you can I think it's on there. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need to have cool runnings too. Oh my gosh. Maybe they will. <laughs> like uh, maybe I, you know, I didn't watch the Winter Olympics bobsledding t- teams. They're but still in it. Yeah, yeah. But Jamaica's still at it. So maybe maybe something cool happened this year, and so that'll be the impetus for them to create a sequel. I know. We're just looking out for those movie <laughs> moments. Well, that's gonna wrap up this show for the evening. I can't believe it, Preston. Uh, hey, look. As fast as the Olympics are coming and going, we'll probably have another one in three months. Yeah, that's true. And you know, to to watch it all, I guess they've actually probably made it easier to watch now that it's online because it used to be a pain to have to like watch everything. Yeah. But now you can probably just pick it all on Peacock, right? I assume it's on Peacock. <laughs> who knows? Who who has Peacock? Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we uh, appreciate you checking us out and listening to the show or watching the show. And we will be back next month with more pop culture memories from the past. Um, Brian, where can folks find more information about us? So for the show, you can hit us up on Twitter at Wayback underscore Attack. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at B.E. Grantham. Preston, where can people find you? Folks, you can find me on Twitter at Squared Stiff. And if you want to reach the show uh, through email, we are at Wayback Attack Show at gmail.com and you can go to the website because i think there's links to the email on there yeah waybackattackshow.com yeah so uh thank you so much for spending this time with us um and i hope that uh you guys keep it cool uh that's what i was gonna say stay cool everyone (laughs) bye